listening to TMZ Movie Crashers. Welcome back to TMZ's Movie Crashers. I'm your host, Fabian Garcia from TMZ. And I'm your host, Paige Catton from 2Fab. Uh, lots of movie news this week. We will spare yeah. you the details of each and every little story that we're not going to cover today. You know, a lot of big movie deaths. Pat Carroll died. Nichelle Nichols died. Uh, uh, what's her name? Mary Alice died from the Matrix series and Fences and lots of other films. So big movie deaths there. Arnold Schwarzenegger turned 75. Sylvester yeah. Stallone still punching in this very public <laughs> yeah. Rocky saga where he's griping about not owning the rights. That continues. Uh, there's some chatter that Legally Blonde 3 might come about in the wake of the success of Top Gun 2. And of course, Brad Pitt living his best fashion life on the red carpet during this bullet train press run. You love to see it. He is in tons of wacky outfits. And we're going to talk about bullet train in full next week because that's coming out this weekend. So we're not going to cover all that. Where we are going to start today, though, is with the big motion picture. This is our biggest movie story of the week, and really nothing was bigger, in my opinion, than this Anna de Armas controversy about her mm-hmm. accent, which seeps through in her performance as Marilyn Monroe in the new Netflix movie Blonde, which is coming out at the end of September. The reason everyone became aware of this and had a lot of things to say about it is because Netflix actually premiered the first full trailer for Blonde uh, this past week, and sure enough, uh, Anna de Armas, uh, her Spanish accent does in fact come through. It's quite, it's, I would argue it's, it's evident whether to what degree it's evident to, to what degree it's actually there or not there, how heavy it is. That's kind of all in the eye of the beholder, but I don't think anybody can deny that it is in fact there and it's somewhat noticeable. Um, and look, a lot of people had a lot of things to say about it before we get into opinions here. Let's actually play a bit of the trailer where you can kind of hear this accent. Uh, let's watch that clip from Netflix right now. Face doing another scene with Marilyn Monroe. Marilyn doesn't exist. When I come out of my dressing room, I'm Norma Jean. I'm still hurt when the camera's rolling. So there it is, the first full trailer for Blonde. Obviously, that was just a small portion of it. If you watch the full thing, you'll hear Anna more, and I think you'll hear the accent more. I certainly heard it there. Again, Anna Armas is a Cuban actress. She came to the States in adulthood. Um, and one of the arguments being made here is that the accent is distracting, and some people are expressing disappointment in the fact that it's still there. They're saying that the transformation, if you will, into Maryland isn't really complete. And I got to say, I'm just going to hop right in. Yeah. I'm on the, I'm on that train. I completely agree with that. And this is not knocking Anna to Arma specifically. This is nothing personal against her. I think she's a fine actress. Uh, she's a good actress, but in my opinion, this to me kind of separates her from great actors and we'll see what the actual, the movie actually shows. Maybe there's, you know, maybe she captures the essence and the mannerisms. Obviously she has the look down, but to me, I don't know why we, we're moving the goalposts for Anna to Armas and why we're lowering standards. We all know when it comes to an iconic role like this, and like, you know, I know people say, oh, it's not really a biopic. Stop it. Someone is depicting Marilyn Monroe in a serious fashion, which this is what that's what's happening here. So you know that, in my opinion, for a role like that, you got to have it all, including the voice. And I don't understand. I don't understand what Netflix was thinking. I don't know what Andrew, Andrew Dominic was thinking or the producers of this film were thinking. 
Um, obviously, Anna has the look down. That's all fine and good, but a lot of people can get the look down. That's the easy part. The voice is quintessential, in my opinion. Yes, she's got the breathiness of Marilyn. That's fine, but the accent is there, and it is distracting. And again, nothing against Anna and Armas, but if you can't do the Marilyn Monroe voice to a T, including her American, all-American accent... You don't deserve to be in that role. I'm sorry. That's just the truth. And again, I don't know why we're 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 doing somersaults over here trying to appease Anna to Armas. I don't know if we feel bad for her. I don't know if we just we want to be, be nice and why we're treating a lot of people are treating this with kid gloves. I'm taking the kid gloves off and I'm just saying it's it's a miscast. I'm deeply disappointed. My excitement for this movie is deflated. Uh, I don't take it nearly as serious as I was taking it because the last thing I'll say is before I pass it off to you, Pages. I was curious when Anna was cast. I was like, wow. We talked about that too. We, we did. Yeah. I was like, that's that's interesting casting. Yeah. I know she's a Cuban actress. I know she has that accent. I will be very curious and interested to see if she can overcome this accent. If she does, frankly, that's that lays the trail for an Oscar, in my opinion, especially if this movie comes out to be as, as Oscar buzzy as they say it is. I was like, wow, that's 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 like Oscar bait type stuff. If she can get the accent down, if she can lose her accent, get the Maryland voice down, as it turns out, at least from what we can see so far, that is not the case. And to me, that just turns this into just another kind of throwaway Marilyn Monroe movie. Um, and by the way, before people start accusing me of being xenophobic and racist, and because there's a lot of people saying that, too. No. I just want to say my name is Fabian Garcia, and I am also of Cuban descent. So yeah. hush on that front. OK. Uh, what do you what do you think, Paige? Am I am I off base here? Okay, so I actually disagree with you a little bit. Interesting. Um, and okay. I brought my points because I I had a feeling you were going to go that route. So yeah. I'm it's usually you know <laughs> usually go with, with the court of public opinion. I'm actually going against it, which is kind of like little switching it up here. So okay. While I admit that her Cuban accent is definitely present in the trailer, specifically mm -hmm. in certain words, you know, a lot of the R's, you can really hear it, I feel like. Yep. And maybe I'm a glass half full kind of girl. You know, I admit I'm like that. But I think people are being a little rash and with the criticism that I disagree with it for three reasons specifically. So it appears that we hear, we hear her voice is from one particular scene because I watched this trailer many, many times and it seems like mm. the voiceover is from her conversation with um, Bobby Cannavale. He's playing like the athlete or whatever. So, right. But even if it is one scene or one scene put together, I still don't think this is enough, enough of her voice and her portrayal to slam it yet or to slam the entire film yet. Cause again, we haven't seen the whole film. This is a two minute trailer and she doesn't even talk for the entire thing. So that's, that's one thing. Mm. But even if she does sound like this for the entire film, mm -hmm. it doesn't really matter in my opinion. Cause it brings me to my next point. And you briefly said this, but I think it, I think it matters more than what you, um, than what you mentioned it as. So it is fiction. This film is fiction. It's not right. really a true biopic. It's based on right. a novel. So in my opinion, they could have made it whatever they wanted to. They couldn't have Marilyn be Cuban or black or something if they wanted to completely change it because it isn't a true biopic. Right. I feel like if it was a true biopic, we could be even more critical of her voice. Mm. I understand that people like, again, I understand that her voice is, her accent is coming through. But I feel like people shouldn't be focusing on it as much as they are, especially again, especially because we haven't seen it and especially because it's fiction. But the most important point, and I think this is, in my opinion, when it comes to any sort of biopic or any sort of portrayal of a famous figure, in my opinion, if you have the family or the estates support, that's the main like opinion that matters is mm. what I always think. Okay. So her estate 
the president of enter- entertainment at the Authentic Brands Group, which owns the Marilyn Monroe estate, and the president and chief marketing officer of the same group, both praised Anna's portrayal. Mark Rosen, the president of entertainment, made a statement saying, he said, based on the trailer alone, quote, it looks like Anna was a great casting choice as she captured Marilyn's glamour, humanity, and vulnerability. Can't wait to see the film in its entirety. And then today, mm-hmm. the president chief marketing officer, Nick Woodhouse, told TMZ, Anna has artfully captured the essence of Marilyn's voice. Marilyn was known for her breathiness, which was actually a tactic taught to her by a speech therapist during her right. childhood to help her overcome a stutter. So in my opinion, if you have the family or the estate supports that's the only approval that really matters and again i admit what you're saying like i will and i will say i admit a little bit that i am a little disappointed that you can't hear her accent but mm. then when i think about all these things that that it's not that we're only seeing one scene that it's not a bio a true biopic it's based mm-hmm. on a novel and the family and the, the state has a support then i'm like you know what i think we're being too critical at this moment okay that those are fair points two last things i'll say before we move on is as far as the estate, I agree with you on the family front. If the family comes out and supports it, that to me is like a good cosign and that should lower the temperature a little bit. But when it comes to estates, I got to be honest, estates are cold, empty, uh, yeah. money-making entities, okay? Michael Jackson's estate has nothing to do with Michael Jackson himself. These are just a bunch of random businessmen that control his assets and his image. His family's not really tied to that estate. Same thing with Marilyn Monroe. She didn't really have much family. This is just an, uh, her... Yeah, her her estate, to your point, her estate coming out and supporting it really means nothing to me. It's an, again, those are just empty words, in my opinion, because that's kind of how I view estates in general, especially when the family is not really directly involved, which is the case for Marilyn Monroe. The other last thing I'll say is that uh, Anna Armas kind of made a big deal about this. I think that's maybe that's why this is kind of blown up as big as it is. I was going to note that. She said that she did nine months of dialect training, made it seem like it was really intensive. And that kind of, to me, suggested that she had gotten it down. So I think she she maybe misled people, whether it was intentional or not, who knows. But that's kind of why this is also kind of blowing up right now because people are like, wait a minute, you did nine months of dialect training. Where's all that training if you just sound, frankly, like yourself? Uh, we That debate will rage on. We will leave yeah. it there. Uh, and we're going to move on. We'll come on back to this. Let's we'll, be real. We'll definitely, we will. Yeah. We'll come back to it when the movie actually comes out and we'll dissect <laughs> yeah. it in full. For in the sure. meantime, we're going to go ahead and move on to our next segment, uh, The Hollywood Hoedown. Hey, Hey. there we go. Uh, This is where we talk about breakout stories of the week. And the one that really stood out to me this week was the fact that Jason Momoa sort of kind of revealed publicly that Ben Affleck is going to be an Aquaman 2 and that in in what what capacity, we don't really know exactly whether it's going to be cameo, whether it's going to be an integral part of the storyline. I guess we'll find out, but they're doing reshoots for Aquaman 2 at the Warner Brothers lot. And it look it sounds like some, some you know Warner Brothers does like uh, tours. tours they do studio yeah. tours and it looks like some people noticed Ben and noticed Jason and instead of that leaking out kind of through Twitter or whatever Jason said screw it I'm just gonna let the cat out of the bag Bruce yes Wayne. Ben, Bruce Wayne is here Batfleck Bat is Flick. here uh, and he kind of and he did this funny video let's actually watch that real quick here. <laughs> well, it's not a secret anymore, is it? Sorry, children. Uh, <laughs> That's what happens, Warner Brothers, when you walk out of your set, and there's our fans. Hey, guys, have a good time. <laughs> Game is in. Uh, well, we tried to keep it a secret. 
So there it is, Jason, you know, basically just going public saying that, yes, Ben Affleck is part of the movie. He is on set doing reshoots with him. By the way, I don't know who, who Ben Ben clearly did not want to be on camera at the moment or be talked to by Jason. I think he was on the phone with somebody, probably on the phone with Jennifer Lopez. Uh, they took but, a photo together, though. He also they posted did. a photo of them he posted, together. He posted a yeah. photo of them two together. Uh, and sure enough, Ben Affleck is in his, you know, Bruce Wayne Bruce getup. It's exactly. Suit, yeah. Yeah. So here's the thing. Like, to me, I thought this was already out that that Ben Affleck was going to be in this movie. Perhaps I was just mistaken thinking that. Um, I, I think what this sort of crystallizes for me is really just how much of a mess uh, the DC the DC extended universe is right now, especially when it comes to like the Flash, which is coming out, and Aquaman two, which is going to come out later. And because these these last movies, the Flash, Aquaman two, these are kind of the last movies, as far as I know that kind of deal with Batfleck, that deal with Henry Cavill as Superman, Jason Momoa as Aquaman, and obviously Ezra Miller as The Flash. And after that, I believe, they're, from what I've heard and all the reports, they're going to be rebooting this whole thing and just kind of starting fresh. So it's it's a weird time for, for Warner Brothers because they're trying to, they obviously have to get these movies out, right? They have to get past these movies. But the, in the while, as they do that, you know, it, it creates more buzz. It creates more uncertainty about what exactly is going on. Is Ben Affleck actually back? Is he not back? Are they just trying to wrap this up now? And why are they doing reshoots with Ben Affleck? I thought Michael Keaton was the new Batman going forward. Like, what is going on? And that's that's really my kind of takeaway from this thing. It leads to a lot more questions than answers. And again, it really just kind of confirms to me that Warner is just in... It's in tatters when it comes to their superhero IPs and whatever their playbook is and whatever their plan is, they have got to figure it out soon and just move on. Like, I'm just like, like, what are we doing here? Ben Affleck is back. Like, I just want these movies to come out and I just want a clear plan going forward. Marvel has its shit together. DC needs to get its stuff together. And by the way, last point I'll make is, uh, what's his name? Alan Horn, I believe his name is. Um, he is a former Warner Brothers executive, like a creative chief officer. He, he was at the helm during the, the Harry Potter years, brought a lot of success to the studio. Then he went to go work for Disney for quite a time. He has recently been brought back to Warner, Warner Discovery now as a consultant, full-time consultant. So I think they're trying, they're trying to, they're, the fact that they hired him again shows that they really are trying to get their ducks in a row. But yeah, like this is like a fun, silly story. But again, it just, to me is like, what, what, what are we doing here? Like Ben Affleck's back, like, okay. But like, what about Michael Keaton? Like, what is going on? What do you think, Paige? Honestly, I agree with what you're saying here because it, first of all, I was the main thing that I was confused about. Okay. Ben Affleck said in 2019 that he was retiring as Batman. Okay. Yes. Then it was announced that he was going to be in the flash. Right. Okay. Alongside Michael Keaton as, and then, then they said Michael Keaton was, was going to be the new like DCEU. That was the, that was what was believed or at least what I thought they were saying that he was going to be the new DCEU Batman was Michael Keaton was going to come right. back. But then now Affleck, even though he said he retired and then he was coming back in the flash, now he's going to be an Aquaman too. I thought that was really weird. And yeah. I also think it's bizarre that the way it was announced, I'll come back to the announcement itself, but I mean, the way, um, the fact that he's going to be in the film, but the, the announcement itself really I, was bizarre to me yeah. because, okay, first of all, how could Warner Brothers not think that people would see them on the lot? 
Like, right. I don't know if you've ever done a Warner Brothers studio tour. They literally show you freaking everything. Like, you're literally, yeah. you can see everything. You see celebrities. You see stars on the lot. Like, it happens. Right. Like, it's yeah, really yeah, yeah. cool. But, like, how can they not think, like, oh, we're going to have Jason Momoa and Ben Affleck on the freaking lot and people aren't going to notice? Like, are you dumb? And right. then, even if they wanted it to leak, why didn't they just announce it at Comic-Con? Hello? All they had was, like, freaking Shazam. Like, you, this would have been a great Comic-Con announcement. It would Absolutely. have been a great Comic-Con announcement. I that agree. They had Ben Affleck come out. I mean, you know, he was, you know, honeymooning with J-Lo. But, like, right. come on. They should have done this if they really wanted to make it a bigger deal, which they need. They need that excitement. They need people to be stoked about something. Yes. And, and having it just on freaking Instagram, someone could have missed that. Like, what if, like, they don't even follow You know what I mean? Like, that bothered me. I agree. Missed and opportunity then, and Warner yes. Brothers is just messy. They don't they I'm don't like, have their stuff together. Mess. It's such yeah. a hot mess. And yes. then the overall, honestly, like, and I, I don't want to just bat I don't want to bash Ben Affleck, but I've never really been a big fan of Ben Affleck as Batman. Yeah, I hear He's you. He's probably like my least favorite. I mean, I don't really I've never seen the animated ones, but out of the 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 live action ones, I'm not a huge fan. Right. And I was kind of like, okay, he's done. He's talked about how the role was so hard for him and his family and all this shit. I'm like, then why are you doing it again? And then I thought, now this is just totally a possible theory, but if they added him late, like if he wasn't in the original shoot, if he was just brought in for reshoots, Mm -hmm. because if he was in the original shoot, I think we would have known. But I wonder if it has to do with them cutting down like Amber Heard's time. That's and then that's them, a good and theory. And then them sliding in like, oh, we need something else to little sparkle. Let's get a Batman ca- cameo in there. I, you know what? That's a good theory. And, and I'm like, yeah, I mean, the maybe? fact that they're, the fact that they're doing reshoots at all, I think might in fact suggest that. Um, you know, we're gonna obviously see when the movie comes out. But I agree that the the Amber Heard backlash is has gotten so large in the wake of the verdict that Warner might in fact be making a move like that. So maybe yeah. they they needed that that big splashy cameo or something. something. Else. Yes, yeah. I agree. I mean, We'll see so what I, he's going to be doing, but um, yeah. but I thought this whole thing was just bizarre, and I think it's DC needs to get their shit together, as he said. So, hundred percent agree on all those points, and we will leave that there. We're in the meantime, we're going to go ahead and move on to our next segment. What'd you see? What'd you think? And we're going to quickly talk about uh, BJ Novak's movie that came out this past week, Vengeance. It was like kind of. A dark know, comedy. Yeah, it was a dark comedy. I, I don't. I you know the DC the the animated dog DC superhero movie came out. I don't know what the name of it is. Frankly, I don't care. Super pets. Okay, whatever. I, I actually again, thought, I heard that was good. To be honest, maybe maybe it is good. I don't I don't go watch unless like you know Minions rare exception. But like I don't go watch kids stuff. We're gonna talk yeah. about a serious movie. Bj Bj Novak's Vengeance was that serious adult movie that was out in theaters. Kind of a, a slow week in movies this past week. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know, and I know people are talking about purple hearts on Netflix and, um, what's the other one on Hulu? <laughs> not the, okay. Not okay. I know people, that's the hot buzzy movies, but those, I watched I both of those. I too. don't consider those real movies. I'm sorry. I know whatever. I know people love them. Some Dylan O'Brien, et cetera. Let's talk about a real movie that was actually in theaters. Vengeance. Um, look, we both watched it. I was thoroughly impressed. Um, I like BJ Novak. Obviously I'm a big office fan. He's a great writer. I think he's a better writer than an actor, in my opinion. And this was but his directorial debut. It was his debut. That. Correct. Yeah. That's right. And he's obviously the lead star, too. Like I said, mm-hmm. better better creative than he is an actor, in my opinion. But with that said, I still think he got the job done in the lead role. The movie's basically about this New York City journalist slash writer slash podcaster, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> who, who basically gets notified that an old flame slash 
old hookup of his <clears throat> that he doesn't really even remember has apparently passed away deep in the heart of Texas. And this girl's brother's hitting him up and he's acting like BJ Novak was deeply involved in her life, was actually her boyfriend. This is all news to BJ Novak. And all of a sudden he's roped into going into the funeral. And then when he's there, a mystery starts to kind of reveal itself about what exactly happened to this girl. Her name is Abigail. That's the character's name in the movie. Um, and he starts going down this rabbit hole of whether, because his fa- the girl's family, especially the brother who is such a character. Boyd Holbrook. Yes. He's he great. And um, they think that she might have been murdered. And there's all these conspiracy theories the, the and things like that. The claim was that they said it was an overdose, but the family yes. doesn't believe it was an overdose. Correct. Yes. That she, the, her official cause of death was an overdose. The family is yeah. not buying it. BJ Novak starts to investigate. And he also says, this is a good opportunity to actually make a podcast about this story, about why the family believes these things. What does it say about America? Lots of, he's trying to get to like a bigger point and he starts covering the story. But as he gets down the rabbit hole, some things start to reveal themselves that maybe there is in fact something to her being murdered. Maybe there's something deeper there. And it starts to unravel and it's such a fascinating movie. It's lots of humor throughout. It's funny, but I got to say when it needs to be serious, it is serious. And I, and it's a good movie. That's, that's kind of the, the, all I'll say about that as far as the plot. Um, Lots of twists and turns. Ashton Kutcher is in this movie, and I don't want to spoil too much. His character is plays a big role. Ashton Kutcher, in my opinion, really stole this movie. He's a scene stealer, and I know he he tends to play a lot of comedies. He's known as a goofy character, but when Ashton Kutcher wants to be serious, he can be, and he, he is deadly serious in this movie. Um, again, I'm not going to reveal too much about what his character does or who he is, but yeah, we don't want to spoil this because, like, you need to see this because there's so many twists and turns. You, I agree. Yeah. It, I agree. And at the end, Ashton Kutcher and BJ Novak are having a conversation about Abigail, the girl who's died, and about yeah, about about society. And there's a lot of deep themes that he touches on about: Do we actually care about each other? Do we actually do people actually matter, or do there or does the idea of a person is that all that really matters? Especially in this day and age of digital media and social media. I got to say, it, it, a lot of the deep and frankly dark themes that Ashton Kutcher gets to in this really good monologue at the end, it kind of reminded me of some Nope stuff. Like Nope kind of got to some of these themes about the idea of spectacle and like what we really cherish in society today as, as people. And Ashton Kutcher's character touches on a lot of that. Um, and it, it reminded, it was very philosophical. It reminded me of like uh, some Nietzsche, like some like German philosophy from like the 19th century, like very, you know, nihilism, existentialism, like that type of stuff. And it's a great movie. I really recommend people go see it. I know it's a smaller film. It's not playing in every theater, but if you can go catch Vengeance, really good film. what do you think about it, Paige? Okay. So it's so funny. I don't know if you just saw my reaction when you brought up Nope, because when I was take when I was like taking my notes and preparing for the podcast today and I was writing down like my opinion, like, Oh, very thought provoking, like the yeah. deep feet, blah, 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 blah. And I thought about Ashton Kutcher's monologue yeah. and I go, part of me, like part of it, like kind of reminds me of Nope, like the whole yes. idea of spectacle. So when you said yes. that, I was like, Oh my God, I thought the same thing. And I was like, am I being yep. too off here? So no, no, I'm no, glad totally. that you brought that up because I thought the same thing. And it's obviously completely different film, like the way they, that it's explained. It, it's different, but the whole underlying theme is very similar and it really yeah, makes you think. It does. So, I will say this is definitely a dark comedy. Like it was funny. Yes. Like it was like, there was a lot of funny moments, but it was definitely like a murder mystery at its core. It was, it was, absolutely. it had absolutely. a lot to do with family. And mm-hmm. I thought that was really moving because I was like, it, it 
it, it like touched on so many different like genres in like one film. And I was like yeah. the over, I think what I was most impressed with was how much like the writing itself and like the whole storyline. I thought it was something I've never seen before. Yeah. Like obviously you said the, the whole, like some of the themes were similar, but like the actual storyline, <laughs> like, I thought that was so creative. And then there are some twists and turns. I'm not going to reveal them. There are some twists and turns. Like you think it's going to go one way and it goes the other way. Cause I was like shocked. Like I actually saw it with my dad. Nice. And he's like what? Like we were like so shocked. We're like, <laughs> wait, wait, that's not right. Like what? Like, so I thought that was awesome. Cause I love when films do that, especially right. like this film totally could have gone like a predictable route, but it definitely had some twists and turns. And I really, really enjoyed that. Um, I thought it was a, shot out of the park for his directorial debut. I, thought I agree. It was, I thought it was great. And I and I thought he's his I thought his acting was good. But sure. you know, I do think that the writing and the directing and the producing obviously <clears throat> was great. And I also agree with you that Ashton Kutcher was the standout in this. He I was. also thought that Issa Ray did a really good job. She was she like did. she, she did. was like a good comedic relief. But at the same time she offered like some I feel like every character was like had like funny moments when they also like would go deep. Like characters yeah. you didn't think would go deep, like the family, they were like perceived as like this big joke, but then yeah. the family got kind of deep. And I was like, okay, you know, I just, again, the, the whole, all the underlying themes of family and spectacle and the, how America, how we believe things and, and what right. we believe and what we tell ourselves in order to feel better. It's just so many things that are relevant today totally and they filmed this a couple <laughs> years ago i believe it was before the pandemic or something like that. it was it was filmed years ago so right. i'm like this is even more relevant than ever and i thought it was just again a great film wild ride really makes you think um definitely go see it i, I definitely think everyone should go see it i agree the themes touched on are fantastic i love movies that are about middle america because I, I feel like oftentimes middle america is overlooked in pop culture uh, this movie it captures like this note in the middle of nowhere, Texas, this community. It's great. And again, the, the, the theme of like personal connection, what does that actually mean to us in this yeah. day and age? Right? Like a lot of that is heavily touched on and people are, you know what I mean? Like, I know like we, we treat people these days, like as commodities, you're on to the next hookup culture. That's all touched yeah, on here. That's all touched but on your dating yeah, apps, texting, everything. Like, yes. Yeah. But at the end of the day, people are, you know, everyone has their own story. Everyone has their yeah. own uniqueness and that you know so really good movie go see it vengeance and uh, with that we are going to leave you leave you guys thank you for tuning in uh catch us on spotify apple iheart we're on youtube we'll be on the website um and yes we will check in with you guys next time take it easy see ya